This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to bring back Ben Jacobs, of course, with CBS Sports. Ben, how are you? Very well, very busy, almost 24 hours to go and then we can all rest and clubs will know where they stand. Absolutely. Well, uh, we've got very limited time. We've got a lot to cover, um, so I'm going to get straight into it. Um, Pedro Poro, what is the latest on the Pedro Porro situation, because, of course, all of us Spurs fans, especially after Saturday when Fabrizio Romano gave us the here we go, we all thought that this was done. The player didn't train today. Ben, what is the latest? Well, unfortunately, from Tottenham's point of view, there is a gap in terms of Sporting's requirements over the structure of the deal and Tottenham's desire to match that. And as a consequence, although there was a verbal consensus over the weekend, the deal is not done. And Pedro Porro remains for now at Sporting. And I think it's fair to say that the deal is hanging in the balance. And of course, Tottenham fans got very excited over the weekend. But you may note from my perspective and a few others, we said there hasn't been a definitive breakthrough. And that's because Sporting have been very difficult to deal with on this one. And maybe people put two and two together and thought that when they'd lined up Hector Bellerin, that was a clear sign that the player would definitely leave. One or two obviously saw the wave goodbye after their League Cup final defeat, and that was another sign. And all of this is because Pedro Porro does want the move and is doing everything possible to try and reiterate that. But talks have not yet reached a point where this is fully back on the table. And now Tottenham is scrambling. And from what I understand, Daniel Levy is involved as well. And there's a huge amount of irritation because Tottenham did feel that it was a done deal. They booked a medical that should have already taken place. And now they've obviously only got just a little bit over a day to try and change Sporting's mind. And the complications have largely centred around the fee 
itself, which is going to hit something close to 40 million or 45 million euros. And there's been debate on all sides over specifically the structure and the payment terms. There's also been complications around the actual physical release clause itself and under what kind of conditions and when it is valid as well. So there's legal experts that have had to come into play as well. And you may remember Tottenham's approach has never been to pay the release clause, but what they ultimately had been cornered into was having to pay the number of the release clause, but in a different structure. And over the course of the weekend, they thought that they had some consensus over that. And now Sporting are turning back around and basically saying, we're not happy with the structure of that deal and we're not going to let the player leave. Now, we have to be very careful at this point because there is also a possibility that Sporting, knowing they will eventually let Porro return to the table as far as Tottenham are concerned, could just keep delaying to make categorically sure that they themselves get Bellerin in and then we might see a little bit of leeway. But it is fair to say at the moment the deal is in the balance. It's more off than on for now, but that can change over the next few hours. Spurs have not given up. They've not fully walked away at this point, but this wasn't unfortunately a done deal over the weekend. There wasn't as definitive a breakthrough as perhaps was reported in some quarters. And even when there was a verbal consensus over the agreement, which usually does mean that the deal is going to get done, because it was only verbal, sporting and moving the goalposts slightly. And that's putting Tottenham at the moment in a very awkward position. Ben, because Spurs want to pay this money in instalments, is it um, that Spurs have now got to pay this £2.6 million in admin charges? Is that the reason why? Well, I think it's just the overall package, ultimately. And if you don't go down a release clause route, then you don't have control over the structure of the deal. You need both parties to agree on it. So my understanding was that originally... Sporting had asked for 45 million euros with a heavily weighted percentage of that up front. And then the point you mentioned about the 2.6 million and Tottenham were not prepared to give the bulk of that fee within a one singular payment. And then over the course of the weekend, there was a lot of back and forth and you get conflicting stories from both sides on this from the perspective of sporting they've always said they either wanted all of it in one go or a big amount in one go and Tottenham have always said it's a structured deal and they never disclose whether it's equally structured or whether there's a lump sum payment up front and then there's a couple of smaller ones over time so this unfortunately is why there's no agreement because Tottenham have got one theory as to what they believed they were promised and what now has been you turned upon and sporting say we always basically wanted 45 million euros and if you're going to get this deal done you've got to give it on our terms and some of this is tactical let's not forget because if sporting are quite prepared to hold on to the player then they can move the goalposts and the payment terms at the last minute and Tottenham are bullied into a corner because they've already committed to the deal they've already lined up the medical they're unlikely to get a quality replacement in this position that they really want during the window so it's a real stick or twist moment and that is ultimately why Daniel Levy is involved Ben are Spurs looking at uh, signing any other players before the deadline tomorrow evening I think they're going to be relatively quiet to be honest you can never rule out something last minute because of how the market moves for example let's say Leicester get James Harrison which uh, Jack Harrison I should say which I think is very unlikely but 
were they to succeed, they'd have brought in Jack Harrison and Tete, and it gives a very small window of opportunity for Newcastle, who have been talking to James Madison. The feeling is that that's going to be a summer transfer, and in summer, Spurs might enter the conversation. But this is what I mean about movement of the market. If you did get a scenario where Newcastle audaciously try their luck, then suddenly Tottenham are forced to show their hand in January, which is not something that they're currently planning. So that's one type of movement to look out for. I think we're going to get a lot of movement in midfield as well. If Chelsea sign Enzo Fernandez, it puts Conor Gallagher on the market. We know that John Joe Shelby is quite likely to go to Nottingham Forest. We know that Newcastle are looking for a midfielder. We know that Yuri Tielemans is the type of player that might be available as well. Someone could try their luck. Manchester United unlikely because I think that their window is done. Newcastle are an admirer. We know Arsenal's interest is long-standing as well. So if more than one club enters that type of race, then suddenly Spurs have got some decisions to make over various targets. And one of those areas where we know that Tottenham would still ideally add is potentially in that creative minded style player, whether they're a wide player, whether they're a central midfielder, but they're looking to do that in the summer rather than now. But sometimes the club makes you force your hand. And then I think the other area that we should just keep a very small eye on is centre-back. Again, I don't think that Tottenham will move. I think that they're trying to get Poro through the door. I think they're very happy with Dan Juma, who ticks a lot of boxes as far as wide player, creative player and so on, which again is why if we were to very loosely be talking about Madison and Spurs reacting rather than being proactive. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. They would prefer to do that type of business in the summer because right now they've already been able to strengthen in that area. So we're going to have to wait and see. Somebody like Harry Souter is available on the market. Leicester are trying to get that one over the line. Spurs not particularly keen, but interestingly, towards the beginning of last summer, they did actually take a little look at the player. And I've said before that they liked Milan Skriniar, but he signed a deal with PSG now to be a free transfer come summer. And PSG might even put some cash down last minute to get him over the line in January. Max Kilman's another centre-back that Tottenham really like, but it would be a summer transfer too. So every target in these areas where Spurs might strengthen seems to be more for the summer. And the goalkeeper situation yeah. as well. They're not going to move last minute for a top quality goalkeeper. There's opportunism, by the way, at Everton. And Pickford is one of the names on Tottenham's list in the long term. And because of the situation, everything's bleeding a little bit at Everton. But Anana's going to stay. Arsenal, Chelsea interested in him. 
then there's this long-term game plan to replace Hugo Lloris. And there'll be a few goalkeepers that are in that conversation, including Pickford. And I think we have to look at David Rea and Rob Sanchez as well from within the Premier League, who will all be under consideration, but none of them are going to move now, which is why I think we're looking at a relatively quiet end in terms of other positions. They want to try and resolve the Poro saga, obviously, but if Sporting are going to ultimately stick to their position then it's at an impasse and time is running out so then it becomes more about outgoings and we obviously now need to keep uh, across Brian Gill who's undergoing a medical ahead of joining Sevilla on loan until the end of the season as I understand it there's no option to buy which means that he will be back at Spurs and I think the contract is until 2026 so they'll be delighted with that bit of business because they wanted a few outgoings, really. Jed Spence is the other one to watch between now and the end of the window. But from the perspective of Gill, still only 21 years of age, only joined Tottenham in 2021. And for a big fee as well, let's not forget, it was in that sort of 20 million odd switch, which included Eric Lamella going to Sevilla as part of the deal. And yet he's only played a handful of games for Spurs, I believe off the top of my head. It's under 15 and he had that loan spell at Valencia. So this is a chance really to get him more game time and see him develop and then reassess, I think, over the course of what broadly can be seen as the next 18 months or so. And I say 18 months because what you want when you've got a player contracted until 2026 is longer than just end of the season, which is why there's no option to buy. And then if you need to do another loan for a year, you can take your time to make the determination come 2024, 2025 as to where you stand. Because by that stage, it becomes more difficult. You either see the player's potential and you have to actually start then thinking about a renewal or you don't see the player potential and you don't see the player development. And Spurs are clearly not thinking that at the moment, but over time they might. And you start wondering at what point can you get a fee? So it's a really intriguing point now of his career and his Spurs contract because they just want game time. They see the potential. They know what they paid. And they therefore know if they give an option to buy, they're effectively losing money from the deal. So let's see how that loan spell goes. And ultimately, if it changes the pathway and the long-term plan for the player. But that's a good bit of business from Spurs. And it's one that they wanted to get done before the window shut. Ben, just quickly on Brian Hill, were there any other, um, were there any Premier League clubs interested in taking him? I think a lot of people looked, to be perfectly honest with you. And I was actually told the other day, very late in the mix that Bournemouth came in and made an inquiry and Bill Foley their new owner is being extremely ambitious and he's spending a fair amount of money for a club of Bournemouth size and he definitely through the recruitment team at Bournemouth made a inquiry and Leicester actually were one of the other clubs that were quite interested in the player as well and they've been on the market for a winger too but the sticking point for Premier League clubs is essentially what I mentioned before that anyone that actually asked wanted an option to buy because that's the game plan of most Premier League clubs they don't just want to loan for the sake of it they don't just want to loan and then get nothing from it look at Crystal Palace when they got Conor Gallagher he did excellent for them particularly in the first half of the season of a loan spell and then He's back at Chelsea. And now if Palace want him, they've got to pay 40 million. If they had an option to buy from the loan, not only would he have been integrated at that football club, but they'd have got him at a much cheaper rate because he was at a more formative part of his career. So this is the challenge when dealing with Premier League clubs. And Daniel Levy traditionally doesn't want to loan either to a direct Premier League rival either. So it takes a lot of suitors out the mix if you start excluding those that are your direct rivals and you start excluding those that won't take the player on only a straight loan. And 
this is ultimately why going over to Spain and La Liga is a better option for all parties. Ben, two last questions for you. Um, an update on the Antonio Conte contract. And if you can give us an update on the Qatar Sports Investments meeting with Daniel Levy. Of course, you were the one that broke the news a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, Antonio Conte is, again, committed to the Spurs project. I've said this many times. I know there were reports out there that he'd somehow definitely leave. No final decision has been made at all. The season just needs to play out. And ultimately, if Spurs do qualify for Champions League football and back up last season, and Conte believes off the back of this window and heading into the summer that the club will be supporting him financially and strategically, there's still that possibility that they'll stay. And as I've said many times, Tottenham are calm about the situation. It's not that Conte is snubbing Spurs from negotiating. It's not that Spurs are going out of their way to get the deal done. It's very much about both parties just sounding out each other until the season and the project together takes a bit more shape. And then with Harry Kane, even though many were linking him with Manchester United, I've been reporting since October that Tottenham are calm about the situation. And still, Kane's priority is to renew at Tottenham. But the challenge again is if the project goes backwards, Kane could still reconsider. So he's well within his rights to again take a little bit more time. But Tottenham are not panicked about Harry Kane and they're very calm about Antonio Conte as well. And then with QSI, the exploratory talks are still there and it could be a stake of up to 15%. It's very early stages, but QSI, contrary to some reports, are not talking to Liverpool. They're not talking to Manchester United and Tottenham, therefore, have an advantage because they have a relationship between Nasser Al-Khalifi and Daniel Levy. And if Daniel Levy is to lead on selling a minority stake and getting value, and with QSI very keen post-World Cup to invest in the Premier League, it might well be a partnership that suits both Levy because he'll still have the control and also QSI. And that's maybe the thing that people don't get within the context of all of this, that QSI are not necessarily like the City Group. They're not looking to come in and influence Spurs on a day-to-day, even though they do that, of course, at PSG. But because they've got PSG, it's an investment. So it suits the type of group that Daniel Levy and Tottenham could entertain. We must add, Tottenham deny any talks have taken place. They deny there's been any discussion about the equity of the football club, but that's normal, especially at such a formative stage. But ultimately, Daniel Levy is talking to at least one other suitor in America, as I understand it. And that tells you that there's a willingness to find the right strategic type of investor. But we're going to have to wait and see. It's very early stages, which is why the club are denying it. And if anything does come to the fore, I would expect it to be somewhere towards the end of the season before perhaps more concrete talks start to emerge because these kind of things take time. So keep an eye on it. It's not like they met and said, we're not interested. It's not like they met and said, that's that. Let's just let it sit. They met and there'll be follow-ups. And over the course of probably the next two months, we should know a little bit more as to whether anything is likely to progress. Ben, lastly, um, what's your gut on the Pedro Poro? Yes or no? I don't do that. It's irresponsible as a journalist to guess or give that type of personal opinion because it's obviously framed around sources. It's ultimately up to the football clubs now to see whether they get a last minute deal. And the beauty of this stage of the window is you don't have to guess or predict my opinions worthless because we'll know the reality in, in just over 24 hours. Yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough, Ben. I know you're a very busy guy and uh, fantastic journalist. So thank you so much for all of your time. Uh, hopefully we can get you back um, on uh, during the summer window. Uh, thanks so much for your time.
look forward to it and enjoy the rest of the window. All the best, everyone. Thank you very much. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you don't subscribe to the channel as yet, please do hit that subscribe button. And if you're listening to this on an audio platform, please do hit that follow button and leave a review if you can. Until the next one, come on, you Spurs. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.